Ladies and gentlemen, the following segment of the podcast is presented exclusively by Hillsdale College. Now, in its 175th year, Hillsdale is a truly independent institution where learning is prized and intellectual enthusiasm is valued. Thank you for listening and my sincere appreciation to Hillsdale for their sponsorship. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. The government didn't build America. The bureaucrats don't build businesses, and politicians don't produce jobs. Wepa! What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, your liberty-loving Latino amigo, and I am right here 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, right here in New York City, and the great one, Mark Levin, is celebrating Rosh Hashanah, so we wish him very well tonight. And don't feel slighted, the national anthem is a Mark Levin tradition, so that'll resume on Monday. Now, our telephone number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I'm at Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez with an S on Twitter, Parler, YouTube, all of that. And I want you to get comfortable. Pull up a chair and join me for the fastest three hours in conservative talk radio. Now, it bears reiteration. The government didn't build America. Bureaucrats don't build businesses And politicians don't produce jobs. It was and is we the people that used the free market to build America. With the blood, sweat, and tears of commitment and sacrifice for generations. God has truly blessed America. He really has. Last Friday, we observed the 19th anniversary of the 9-11 attacks. We saw the worst of humanity. It sparked the best in humanity, and we united as Americans. I remember people being really proud to be Americans. They supported the police and the military. Neighbors disagreed respectfully over politics, sports, even religion. Since then, radical progressives have fought like hell to destroy any love for our country. They fought like hell to hurt the free market and even God. So pay attention, friends. We all have to pay attention because the left is out of control. Think of this. When was the last time you heard a radical progressive like, uh, I'm going to pick AOC, all out crazy, thank God for anything, let alone America? When was the last time you've ever heard her ever talk about people as winners, as the victor, not the victim? You haven't. When have you ever heard her communist sympathizing grandpa, Bolshevik Bernie Sanders, Denmark, healthcare is a right. (laughs) When have you ever heard Bolshevik Bernie ever thank God for the industrial revolution? Or shoot. Just even thank God for America, period. Never. The Marxists, the followers of Karl Marx that just can't rely on God because God prevents the government from being all provident. 
This is how one can liberate their mind, their soul, their body. You have freedom because you can believe in God. You can believe in inalienable rights. And that's because they're given to you by God and not the government. But the Marxist can never truly control you if you have that belief in God. Because they're all-powerful government control can't compete with God-given freedom. A belief in God is central. It's probably the biggest threat to Karl Marx's theory of communism. When people are free, they're free to receive blessings in a civil society, free and free to practice in fair elections. They're free to participate in a market. They're free to work and earn. A Marxist economy run by the government has very little appeal to people that actually like freedom. People that aren't addicted to government. We don't look to the government when we think of things we're thankful for. When we think of the blessings that we have, the blessings that America offers, it's not the government per se that we think of. It's the liberty. It's the freedom. It's why people risk their lives to get here and climb over fences and go under them risking their lives. The Marxist can only thrive in strife and through peddling inequity amongst the people, pitting one people group versus another, like rich versus poor, employees versus owners, black versus white, gay versus straight. And I think you get it. The truth is that collectivist thinking isn't really thinking at all. It limits you from the freedom to think outside of the box because you're chained inside the prison walls of government. How can you come up with an earth-changing idea when you're shackled by bureaucratic thinking? Let me ask you this. Was it the government that invented the assembly line? Nope. Was it the government that invented the wheel or even the automobile? Nope. Was Henry Ford a government employee? Hell no. Was it the government that invented air conditioning? Nope. Not, nope again. Were Samuel Colt or Richard Gatling employees of the government? Of course not. Otherwise, we'd never have revolvers or machine guns. It's a free people that make stuff that create jobs and the opportunity to gain wealth. So tonight we're going to get into a lot of different things to share a couple. We've got Biden competing versus Trump in Wisconsin. Biden on CNN, Trump at his rally. We've got a principal in Minneapolis that seems to be walking away, spitting out the Kool-Aid from the left. Not interested anymore after the tragic death of a 17-year-old boy. More gaffes from the gaff machine Joe Biden. And a bunch of developments on trade and business. So, I want to give you the phone number. 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. And I also want to give a quick plug to, of course, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin, yesterday did an interview with President Donald Trump. And 
That's going to be airing on Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern on the Fox News Channel. So make sure you check that out at the Mark Levin Show app so you can download the podcast. You can check it out at marklevinshow.com, the link to everything else. And, of course, follow Mark on all of his social media at Mark Levin Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Parler. Now, before we go to the break, I have a question that I want to pose. And it is what I started with. Do you believe that it's the government that built something? Now, I know there are people that argue against that and say, you know what? Yeah, the government's done a lot. These vaccines didn't happen by accident. It's the government that's involved in these vaccines. And I'm just using vaccines because they're a current example. But the reality is, can we have private industry and can we have technology and technological innovation without the government? And perhaps we need them to some degree. Perhaps we don't. I want to hear from you again, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I'm Rich Valdez, sitting in for the great one. Mark Lovin. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S at the end, at Rich Valdez on all the social media. Our phone number here at the Mark Levin Show, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811 if you're a lib. Now, during our show prep, I took a look at a, a survey from Rasmussen Reports. Headline, most want Blue Lives Matter laws to protect police for fear of public safety. The latest Rasmussen National Telephone Survey finds that 59% of likely U.S. voters think that there's a war on police going on. That's up from a couple of years ago. 59% of these people also support the adoption of a Blue Lives Matter law in their state that would make attacks on police and first responders a hate crime and increase the penalties for such attacks. Here's the interesting stat that I liked from this. 68% of voters are concerned that deadly attacks on the police will lead to a shortage of police officers and reduce public safety where they live. Now, that's interesting because they're not just supporting the police because they want to support the police, but they're supporting the police because they realize if we don't have cops and these cops get killed, oh, snap, we're going to be in trouble. 
And we saw quite a bit of that in recent days. And we're going to get into Minneapolis later. But right now, what I want to talk about is President Trump's comments on the same issue where he was in Wisconsin last night and said, you know what, we have to ensure that these laws are more strict. I want you to check this out. Cut one. But the rhetoric of Biden and the radical left puts your law enforcement in serious danger. Last weekend, two Los Angeles sheriff's deputies were ambushed and shot at point blank range. And we have everybody looking for that creep that did it. And, you know, I called him an animal the other night. I said he's an animal. And we were challenged by some people on the left. He's not an animal. He's a human being. He's not a human being. They got to find him. They got to find him. And the penalty has to be very fast, very swift, and very, very severe. Can't do that. You know, we call for the death penalty if you kill a policeman. You know that, right? But the anti-police demonstrators, they cheered and cheered when they saw this, and then they tried to stop them from even getting into the hospital. As president, I'll always support the heroes of law enforcement, and I'll fight to ensure that criminals who murder police officers do indeed get the death penalty. Now, Trump is right on with increasing the penalty for people that go after cops because you want to discourage people from getting in a cop's face, from willingly or willingly, I should say, wanting to violate an officer of the law. And this is something that the left is just every day perpetuating more and more the exact opposite. They want more and more people to go out there and rise up against police. Why? Because, well, no justice, no peace. And they'll roll up at your house in the middle of the night. No justice, no sleep. And while it seems cute to a lot of young people, these people are now when they're getting killed in their own streets and the cops aren't responding because they're on stand-down orders, now what? This is something I take personal. And again, my name's Rich Valdez. I, I didn't tell you earlier, my code name here at The Mark Levin Show is Mr. Call Screener. I work with Mr. Producer and Mark Levin every single day with the great one, and it's indeed an honor and a pleasure. But my background, some of my brothers are retired now from the NYPD, and even I went through an abbreviated police academy uh, in Essex County, New Jersey, and served as a volunteer. So I know a little bit about that, and not direct traffic and stuff like that, but my point is I understand and appreciate how difficult the job is. It's incredibly difficult. The mere fact of putting on the blue uniform daily puts a target on you. And I think too few Americans appreciate it the way they once did when I was a kid. When I was a kid, we looked at the police officer like, man, what an honorable profession. That's something we should do. Now, now people want to get in their face, spit at them, disrespect them. So... I know we've got the topic on the line. I'm going to get to the calls on, on, you know, did the government build America? But I also want to know about the police. I want to know about your thoughts. Should people that attack police and kill police, like this tragic situation in California, should they get the death penalty? I agree with the president. I think you want to have a serious penalty so that you deter that behavior. 
But to go back to the calls, because I did promise you I was going to get to the calls, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. And let's go to Bo in Grand Forks, North Dakota. Yes, Bob hey. here uh, oh, from hey. uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota. <laughs> Welcome to the program. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Yeah, appreciate that. Uh, calling in about your opening comments, just wanted to make a note that it was the uh, government's investment in the military that gave us much better aircraft, uh, the government's investment in the space program uh, that gave us uh, uh, better computers and, and other items. But I do agree with your uh, initial uh, premise that it is the private sector and not the government that creates jobs, business, and wealth. Yeah, I agree with you, Bob. I think there's a place for the government. We do need them. They provide a certain support, and that's why we pay those taxes, and uh, we appreciate your call. Let's move it over to the Bronx, New York. Let's go to Jose. Jose, you're on with Rich Valdez on the Mark Levin Show. Yeah, good evening. I'm retired from the NYPD. Uh, I just wanted to let you know that there's a huge uh, Trump rally, Truckers for Trump rally going on right now at the Legends Diner. In Secaucus, New Jersey, <laughs> yeah. 130 County Avenue. All right. Well, what, uh, tell me about your comment that you gave to Madame Call Screener. Ah, as far as uh, leaving Cuba and coming here, uh, if, listen, if Antifa wants to understand what uh, communism is really all about, go back there. Go back to Cuba. Go to Venezuela. Go to Russia. Now, did you come from Cuba or did your parents come from Cuba? I came here in 1965. I, they stuck me in as a child on a boat. Wow. On a speedboat. Listen, check out my book, The Janine Machine. By I'll Richard definitely, Clinton. I'll take a look at it. We appreciate your call. Uh, it's always a pleasure to hear from the boys in blue because, like I said, my brothers are on the job in NYPD. And that's one of those things that I have nothing but respect for. So I got your back, brother. Let's go to Rick in Huntington Beach, California. Rick, you're on with Rich Valdez. Yes. First, I'd like to say um, I'm really, really glad you immediately got into the subject of talking about the government and how to understand how important the private sector is. And that's where the creativity is. That's where all the, you know, where all this incredible stuff has been created, just like you said. But people need to also understand the government is, is paid for by our taxes. It's like you take your left arm, pay for something so that your right arm functions better. Okay, we definitely need the police, the fire department, the military, et cetera, et cetera, the post office, all that stuff. But when it gets to the point where you're giving the government so much power that they can start controlling what we do and they work for us, then I have a problem. Yeah. So using your analogy, you give them your arm and the other arm and then half of your foot and you're like, hey, hold up. Wait a minute. This doesn't look right. Thanks for your call, Rick. We appreciate it. Uh, up next, we're going to get into a little bit more of this Trump audio. We've got some Biden audio. Keep it locked right there. You're listening to The Mark Levin Show. Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College, one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. 
That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin, the great one. The great one, Mark Levin. Dial in now, 877-381-3811. All right, America, welcome back. You're listening to The Mark Levin Show. I am Rich Valdez. I am the host of This Is America at WABC. And speaking of that, I want to talk about Mark Levin. Yep, that's right. Mark Levin has President Donald Trump, Donaldus Magnus, El Trumpito, El Presidente, as his guest this Sunday on Life, Liberty, and Levin. That's 8 p.m. on the Fox News channel, so make sure you check that out. And if you want to check out a snippet of that, go to social media. We put a video out a little while ago, and I think you're going to like it. Now, the Democrats, forever and a day, have always supported law enforcement because they were union people. They supported unions. But all of a sudden now, the Dems no longer support law and order. They don't support law enforcement. Now they want to embrace the radical left. What was once a fringe in their party is now the mainstream. And it's sad because people's lives are the price that's being paid. You'll be hard-pressed to find a Democrat that's going to come out and say, hey, you know what? And I don't mean any Democrat. I don't mean your neighbor who's voted Democrat their whole life. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the Nancy Pelosi's of the world really calling for a genuine and sincere end to the violence, imploring people to use their words, right? We hear that all the time with the kiddos. But no, this is not what the Democrats want to do. The Democrats are employing a strategy that the Soviets employed. It's Stalinistic. It truly is. They used fire because it's, it messes with your head when you see things burning, when you see smoke. It gives you a sense of chaos. And this is how they roll. So now Joe Biden, who had, on this program has earned the name Joe El Baboso Biden, was at CNN last night or was in the middle of a field with a bunch of cars. It was like a drive-in movie, but at least he did it. And he stood on his feet for an hour and faced people. And hopefully they were really the real people, not plants. And he talked about a whole lot of nothing, in my opinion. I want you to listen to Anderson Cooper asking Joe Biden what he would do to stop and tamp down the violence. Listen to this. A lot of protesters have called for defunding police. This summer, murder rates in some big cities have shot up. Chicago murders are up 52% so far. New York up 23%. Los Angeles up 15%. There are a lot of people 
who worry about a breakdown of law and order in this country. Are you one of them? I am worried that as long as the administration continues to preach hate and division, talking about people in ways they talk about them, that I am worried. But here's the deal. We're in a situation in the United States where, by the way, in our administration, violent crime went down 15 percent. We didn't have to worry about protecting public buildings. We were able to do it without sending in our military. Wow. This guy's really something else. So he's sitting there. Does he realize, and someone please tell him, that the people doing the destruction are people that hate Trump? These are people that are going to vote for him. His boys, his mans and thems, they're out there destroying America, cities, federal buildings, whatever, in protest, because that's the new thing now. If you don't like it, you know, I got a parking ticket the other day, 118 bucks. Imagine if I want to protest my parking ticket, getting crazy on a government building. Come on, that's crazy. But this is normalized amongst those that adhere to, to radical Marxism. They just do. They think it's okay. And people sip the Kool-Aid. There's people out there. I'm sure there's even callers on these lines that think that the police have put themselves into the position that they're in. And with that, I see that we have one. Let's go to William in Abilene, Texas. William, you're on the Mark Levin Show. I'm Rich Valdez. Hey, Rich. How are you, sir? Great. What's on your mind? Well, I think the police um, have put themselves in this position. Let me tell you, I am a conservative. I'm a Donald Trump supporter. But I think that murder is murder and everybody gets treated the same. And I So you're saying that all police officers are murderers? No, I don't think police officers are murderers. I think that if you murder a police officer, it should be the same as if you murder my mother. You're char- everybody gets treated the same as a, as a criminal. And I got diff- news for you, William. That is the case. So, no, not if you say that all police killers, you're talking about if you murder a police officer, you get the death penalty automatically. That's not the case. That's not what you're advocating right now. You're advocating that police officers get special treatment for... um, What the president is advocating is a federal law that would do exactly what you said. But the reality is in states that have the death penalty, that could be the penalty that you would get. It's arguable what level of murder it is, if it's murder one, what, how you plead the case. But the ability to get to that outcome totally exists. Okay, and I agree with you, but uh, that's kind of off point. What I want to say is that everybody says that there's a few bad apples of police. And you're and saying it's a whole bushel. When, I'm saying it's a whole bushel because when you have... What makes you say that? What makes you indict every person that puts on a uniform and risks their lives for you to get on the radio and say that every cop is a murderer? I'm going to tell you because if because if one police officer witnesses another police officer doing something wrong or violating the Constitution or violating someone's civil rights, they stand around and they support it and they don't do anything to stop it. All right. So well, listen. Sometimes when you suffer from severe stupidity, it can be contagious. And I can't listen to your drivel much longer. I can't allow you to sit here and trash police across America when you clearly don't know your arm from your elbow. This, William's a great example. Oh, I support Trump. I support, he doesn't support anything. This guy needs to eat some Wheaties and read a book, maybe meet a cop or two and see what the job is really all about. And William, good luck dialing 911 when you need something. But let's move it over to Jane in Clifton Park, New York. Jane, you're on with Rich Valdez. Hi, how are you? Uh, I 
I think William should take a hike somewhere <laughs> for a long period of time. Um, and just so you I, know, that's me being nicer to the callers, because I've been told you have to be a little bit nicer, so I'm trying to be really nice. Oh, I think you were as nice as you should have been. Uh, I grew up in Miami, Florida. Um, I was a young investigative reporter when, when you got fired for lying. And the first love of my life was a cop in Miami. And most of my friends were cops. And um, my love lost his life in the line of duty. Uh, I live up in New York now. Um, we have the most incredibly brave police officers that you could even imagine. And I do believe there should be a heavy, heavy crime for someone who harms a police officer. They step out every day knowing they may not go home. And, you know, that's part of what I, I was trying to to articulate with uh, William in Abilene, Texas, because right. I think he just didn't realize the the danger that comes with just wearing the uniform. So, Jane, I thank you. I, uh, I'm sorry you went through what you went through, but we got to keep it moving. Let's go to Livermore, California. Let's go to Ray. Ray, you're on with Rich Valdez. What's on your mind, man? Hey, Mr. Cole Screener. Thanks for taking the call. You bet. Um, I, um, the president is for the death penalty for cop killers. This is a uh, in direct opposition of Kamala Harris, who, while as district attorney in San Francisco, refused to prosecute death penalty on cop killers. She refused to prosecute death penalty on illegal aliens who killed American citizens. And what people need to understand is if people can so easily kill police, they'll have no problem mowing you down, okay? Exactly. So when they want respect for law enforcement, they have no respect for you. And this is the point, I don't mind, I don't want to jump on you, but I just want to echo what you're saying because I think that's really the point. This is why it's so important to, for us to respect the law in and of itself and those that enforce it. Because the moment we no longer have civility, no, the, the virtue that we live by as a virtuous society is gone. Once that's gone, you've got nothing. And I'm seeing it in Manhattan. And I guess maybe people who might be in Abilene, Texas, aren't going through what we're going through here in Manhattan, where you have cars going up the wrong way. And you guess what? Cops aren't pulling them over. You've got people on the streets shooting up heroin in the middle of the day, and cops aren't going to do anything about it because they're told not to do anything about it because that's how the mayor here rolls. That's just how it is. I've got friends and family who are in the police, and they're in the courses, and they are good people. These are the kind of people you want to be pulled over by. The people you want to respond to your nine eleven call. When these folks, they want out, Rich. They're they're leaving. They're getting out as soon as they can, and they're going to be replaced by lesser quality people. And the quality level will continue to drop. And uh, this will not end well, brother. I appreciate it, Ray. I definitely appreciate it. Now we're going to. Talk about a little bit about the cops and Biden and everything as soon as we get back. But right now, I'm going to give you the phone number, 877-381-3811. I'm Rich Valdez, in for the great one. Mark Now, I know you love freedom. How do I know that? Because you listen to my show. And my show and everything I do is all about preserving freedom and the form of government that secures it for us. It's the same with Hillsdale College one of the very best truly liberal arts colleges in the nation. 
That's why I talk about them all the time, because Hillsdale is committed to pursuing truth and defending liberty. Hillsdale teaches stellar students to defend freedom, no matter what they major in, whether it's science or music or economics or business, whatever. Hillsdale teaches them how to defend liberty. And they do that for you, too, through their free monthly digest of conservative thought. It's called Imprimus. 5.4 million Americans receive Imprimus for free every month. And you, my friend and fellow freedom lover, should be reading it too. You can subscribe for free at levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. There's no strings attached. Generous donors who want to preserve freedom for future generations make it possible for Hillsdale to send in Primus to you for no cost every month. Start receiving and reading in Primus so you can know how to defend the freedom you love. Go to levinforhillsdale.com, L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com, levinforhillsdale.com. All right, welcome back. You're listening to The Mark Levin Show. I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S at the end. And Joe Biden doesn't miss an opportunity to trash the president, to trash President Trump, talking about the military, talking all sorts of crap. He's really good at it. And he gets away with it. He's slick. He's sly because, you know, his background, his family background. And I'll get into that at a different time. But right now, I want to keep it on the police and law and order and all of that because... I think Trump is one of the most solid law and order presidents we've had. He keeps it real. He keeps it gangster, as they say. But Biden comes in and he's like, well, you know, you know, let, let's let him tell you. I want you to listen to this one. Joe Biden last night at CNN. Cut three. Check this Did out. You ever think you'd see a day? You can't answer me. I know. But ever think you'd see a day when five, six four star generals walked away from this president? Several of them said they were ashamed how he conducted himself. Can I just say, I'm ashamed of Joe Biden. I'm ashamed that Joe Biden represented my country as vice president of the United States. I'm ashamed that Joe Biden has been in government as long as he's been. And we let him keep getting away with it. Joe El Baboso Biden is just that. But let him continue. There, when people are peacefully protesting in front of the White House. No, no violence whatsoever. Yeah, hang on a second. So Joe Biden thinks it's peaceful protesting to burn down an antique, not an antique. What's the word I'm looking for? Landmark church. A church is a landmark. It's been there forever, probably as old as the White House. If I'm wrong, fact check me. Get me on Twitter. Don't call and tell me. But point is, I saw the video. I was watching TV and I saw the guy in the basement was on fire of this church. People were throwing rocks, throwing all sorts of things at the cops. That's a peaceful protest where Joe Biden comes from. Is that Wilmington, Delaware? So in Wilmington, Delaware, the way you peacefully protest is by attacking law enforcement. Listen to this. He gets the military to go in, put tear gas, move people, physically move them out of the way so he can walk across to a Protestant church and hold a Bible upside down. I wonder if he ever opened it. Upside down. And then go back to a bunker in the White House? What are we talking about here? It's simply wrong to engage the military in dealing with domestic unrest as it relates to violence as a consequence of people protesting. Not only is he baboso, but he's bobo también. He is just a big fool. Listen, I remember I watched it live, that whole uh, Lafayette Park thing. It's right across the street from the White House. I took my kids there a couple of years ago. It's a beautiful park. 
Biden claims that they used the military. They used federal law enforcement. I don't remember seeing the military until afterward to try and uh, do some crowd control. And correct me if I'm wrong, folks, but it was the mayor of D.C. that was being very not hospitable towards the National Guard. And in fact, she was the person that was in charge of the National Guard until the president did what he had to do. So for Joe Biden to say all of these things is to me wholly inappropriate. Not wholly with an H, wholly with a W. Completely inappropriate. He's not only is he wrong, but now he's mischaracterizing what really happened. Now, again, should I be shocked? It's Joe Biden. It's Joe El Baboso Biden that we're talking about. Not only does he get it wrong because he doesn't know what's going on and he's, you know, suffering with cognitive decline and whatnot, but because he's doing it to be shady. And that's not cool. I mean, yes, it's politics. I get it. But I want to get to your calls because we're moving off of this topic in the next hour. So let's try to get through as many as we can. Tom in Mount Bethel, Pennsylvania. You're on with Rich Valdez. Rich, uh, thank you for taking my call. I really appreciate all you guys do there on uh, thank you on the Marco Business Show. So my uh, my observation about law and order in our society is, I think we passed the tipping point. Actually, you know, I I think there was a time when um, people could be shocked back to reality to, to to realize, hey, I shouldn't be behaving this way. But I think what's happened with these uh, Democrats pushing this as a normal process in society is they've normalized it. Yeah, well, let me ask you, Tom, what makes you think that everything has been foregone and that we're at the tipping point or beyond it, I should say? Well, uh, because, I, you know, when I watch uh, the way the Democrats continue to push this, like uh, Kamala Harris said the other day, you know, the the the, the uh, riots are good, you know, and they're going to continue it. So, uh, you know, the Democrats are committed. They're committed to this, and their followers, you know, we're a very divided country. Their followers are just swallowing this. And, you know, they, they're they obviously not leaving the Democrat Party in droves, you know. so <laughs> That I don't know. I can say that I have seen, I mean, again, my uh, anecdotal... Uh, off the cuff, just walking through the streets. I meet more and more people, and Tom, thank you. I meet more and more people on a regular basis that tell me, they go out of their way to tell me, because they're like, you know, we know you're into politics and do conservative talk radio, and they go out of their way to let me know, bro, I'm voting for Trump. As if, like, you know, I know it's wrong, but I'm doing it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like that, that guy that's trying to sell you a stolen Rolex on the street opening up a rain jacket. Uh, th- this is how they approach me. Like, it's a big secret. They're like, hey, psst, psst, yo, I'm voting for Trump. And I, I hear it all the time. You know, so I got to tell you, I think that there are a lot of Democrats leaving in droves. And I do think um, a good part of that could be minority votes, women African-Americans and Hispanics. And I think, you know, only time will tell when we look at the exit polls after election week, because that's what we have now, right? Thanks to Pennsylvania, we got election week. After election week, we, uh, when we count up the votes and we sort through the lawsuits, we will figure out that Trump won. And I'm pretty, pretty confident that we're going to say that he won a greater number of at least Hispanic votes. I think that one's a given. I, th- I see so much... 
traction with the Hispanic community, uh, happen to be part of that community, so I tend to see a little bit more of it than others do. And I got to tell you, people that have never voted for a Republican in their life are coming to me and telling me, hey, I'm voting for this guy. So I want everybody to keep it locked right there because we're going to talk about some of those developments on the other side of the break. Our phone number is 877-381-3811. I am Rich Valdez with an S sitting in for Mark Levin, the great one. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker. Somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building. We've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez. This is hour two of the Mark Levin Show. You're in the right place. I'm a different guy. I'm Rich Valdez, the host of This Is America podcast on WABC Radio, Mark's affiliate in New York City. And we're here right now, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden, as I fill in for the great one. Our phone number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. We've been talking about the cops and the need for government and so many different things. And we just heard Joe Biden say a bunch of silly things. And we're going to hear more of him say more silly things because he's Joe El Baboso Biden. But one thing that you may not have heard that I do believe, and I think the president agrees with me, is that Joe Biden truly is an enemy of Puerto Rico. With a Joe Biden presidency, Puerto Rico suffers. And in general, historically speaking, the Democrats have been no friend to Hispanics. And I can get into that, and I have on my show many times, and I'm just going to tease that right now. But what I really want to talk about is AOC. She's actually part of the reason, all out crazy, my uh, favorite congresswoman from the Bronx and Queens, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. She is the reason that Biden is suffering from a lack of Latino support, the Bernie bros. You see, people leaving Nicaragua, El Salvador, Colombia, Venezuela, even Cuba, these are people that are fleeing their lifelong homes to get away from bad things, Marxist things, to say it in the plainest English I can. They're not running away from liberty-loving Latino amigos that are running their governments back home. That's not the case. They're fleeing dictators. And that's why Biden is performing so poorly amongst Hispanics, in particular those from Latin America. Even the Hispanic Bernie bros aren't even sure if they're going to vote at all. Because the extremist ideologues always vote for themselves, for a particular position. They don't look at the candidate in his or her her totality, if you will. And they're unwilling to compromise. Look at the alt-right guy, the neo-confederate guy, Richard, whatever his name is, Spencer. He realized that Trump truly was not a closeted racist because a real white supremacist would never even try to earn votes from black Americans. A real white supremacist would never help historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs. 
So when Mr. Spencer realizes that El Trumpito, Donaldus Magnus, El Presidente, Donald J. Trump, the 45th President of the United States, is not a racist, not a bigot, not a xenophobe, he jumps ship and he endorses Joe Biden, who actually has a 40-plus year history of supporting segregationists. He's on the record sponsoring the 1993 crime bill. Trump has a four-year record in politics. And his prison reform bill, whether you like it or not, love it or hate it, and I'll agree with you, it's not a perfect one, it'll be rewarded by the families of the 3,000 mainly black inmates that were released under the excessive imprisonment of the Clinton bill. Trump pulled that off. What the Democrats always wanted to do and couldn't. Here's an interesting story. And I've told it before on my show, so if you're a WABC listener, you might have heard this before. But it's worth repeating. An old classmate of mine from grade school took a couple of wrong turns in life. Good guy. Made some bad choices, and he ended up behind bars for a couple of months. Prior to his incarceration, we hung out with some old friends for lunch. We went to a uh, Mexican-Peruvian fusion restaurant, and it's my first time at one of those. So it was like ceviche and tacos. It was really dope. But I'm trying to just paint the scene. Small place, nice Hispanic neighborhood. And inevitably, at some point, the, the dinner table conversation becomes political. And he says to me, my nickname from way back in the days is Fader. I'll tell that story another time. But he says, yo, I'm going to use my... My Chris impression, right? He says, yo, yo, Fader. And I said, what's going on? He's like, well, how, you, how do you post all this stuff online about Trump knowing that he's not a good dude? And I said, oh, he's a great dude. I think he's doing a fantastic job. Have you looked at the jobs? I mean, again, this is pre-COVID. All of this stuff is before the Chinese coronavirus. He says Trump is against Latinos. And I said, what? Come on, man. Why do you say that? And he says, just listen to his escalator speech. So I laughed at that. He tells me, nah, 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 nah. It's because I've been watching MSNBC every day. I'm up on this. And I was like, oh, boy. Now we got to hit the brakes for real. Because if you're watching MSNBC, you're grossly informed. So he thinks that he's up to speed on everything. No problem. Now we fast forward. I get a call. This after our dinner. I, I get a call from an operator sounding thing. It's like, uh, do you accept a call from the blank, blank, blank federal correction facility? And so I took the call. And he gets on the line. He says, bro, you were right. And I said, right about what? And he says, about Trump. And I said, get out of here. I, I know. <laughs> this is what I do. I know this stuff. He tells me. He goes on. It's a really good story. And he tells me, so they moved me out of the Latino part of the jail. And I moved into a, a part with a lot of uh, Morenos, black guys. And I said, okay, no problem. And he says, bro, they got mad love for Trump. And I said, what do you mean? Mad love for Trump. I was like, tell me more about that. And he says that he, his words, Trump used the government or something to let their moms out, to let their kids out, to let their baby's moms out, to let their family out. And I was like, wow, that's pretty cool. So he's like, these dudes in here, they love your guy, Trump. And I said, wow, I love my guy, Trump, too. El Trumpito, Donaldus Magnus. <laughs> I don't say it for nothing. So he goes on, he tells me that these dudes love, and he didn't say dudes, he actually used uh, another word, starts with an N, rhymes with ninjas. And I said, bro, relax. And he tells me, 
the, the point he's making uh, is one that I'd never seen. You know, in the, the two decades that I've been observing politics, I've never seen a Republican become the talk of the town in a jail in New Jersey. And that was a year ago. So I was looking at an article. I love to see what the left is up to. And it's entitled, Democrats aren't entitled to the Latino vote. And it's from a left-wing publication, Marxist for sure, because the Marxists hate the Democrats just as much. And that's, that's why they try to take that party over. And I say all of that to say in that description and that story about my buddy, who I hope is doing well, because I haven't talked to him in a while, to say yes, AOC, all out crazy, her radical egalitarianism, and how she's willing to destroy your business and our economy just so that she can enslave people to government programs in the name of environmental justice, income inequality, or any other type of uh, forced equality negates the whole idea of a free market. It's Bolshevik as far as I'm concerned. That's just the reality of it. So I want you to hear a little bit from AOC. Was this today or yesterday? Perfect. Yesterday. Check this out. Right now, what is most important is to make sure that we ensure a Democratic victory in November and that we continue to push Vice President Biden um, on issues from marijuana to climate change to, um, to foreign policy and make sure that we continue to fight for a progressive agenda in, in our future. What would be the main issue? You think it's climate where he needs to be more correct, progressive or is there another one that you think is uh, at the top of the list? You know, I think... Overall, um, um, we can likely push Vice President Biden in a more progressive uh, direction across policy issues. I think foreign policy is an enormous area where we can improve. Immigration is another one. Uh, criminal justice is, is another area where, where we can pursue a lot of uh, progressive direction. You know, there are some areas where we just fundamentally disagree, but that's okay. You know, I think it's important to acknowledge that. We can have, in some cases, very large disagreements. It doesn't mean that we're trying to undermine the party or undermine each other. It means that we're trying to do what's best for people in the country. Yeah, she's not undermining the party. She's overtaking the party with her uh, communist sympathizing grandpa, Bolshevik Bernie. Denmark! Healthcare is the right! So I said all of that stuff, a lot of things there, right? To set up this whole thing with my buddy's story and how people in jail are are flocking to Trump, people that never cared about politics, care about politics. Uh, another story that I've told is about a buddy of mine. It's an electrician. I hadn't seen him in a long time. I was getting a tire fixed for my kid. And it's a true story, and I love telling it. I'm, I'm at a place. Dominican dude's got a tire shop in Union City, New Jersey. I bump into a guy I hadn't seen in years. The last time I saw him, he was involved in gang life. Hadn't seen him 18 years, maybe 15 years. He's like, bro, I'm doing great. I just bought this house. I have a, my own company. I got my own business as an electrician. I'm doing my thing. Haven't made so much money ever. This president's been the best. And this was five, six, seven weeks ago. He said, people are still building. Building is still going on. I'm still doing electrical work. I'm actually busier now than I was before COVID. So I bring up AOC because she's saying that Biden is malleable. We can push Biden 
in a more progressive direction. I don't know what you heard, but what I heard was that Biden's weak. Biden is feeble. And in his strong days, he was an enemy, an enemy of minorities. One day as I was hosting a local show, I called my buddy, or I texted my buddy, Brandon Bryce. Big shout out to Brandon Bryce in Michigan, Detroit. The D. And I was like, what do you think about Harris? It was the day that they announced Harris. And he says, oh, you mean the Locker Brother Up ticket? And I said, oh, snap. Okay, now I know. Tell me how you really feel. The Democrats have not been the friends of minorities. They just haven't. And, and the proof is there. So it comes as no surprise that Biden helped to get rid of Big Pharma, to get Big Pharma evicted from Puerto Rico. It was the Democrats, the, excuse me, the Democrats, Clinton, Obama, Biden. They've done nothing but hurt the situation. Right? I want you to listen to Trump. Trump today did something that I think was really important. And you know what? Before we do Trump, I'm going to give out the phone number. We'll do Trump on the other side of the break because I don't want to sell him short. Phone number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. If you're a lib and you want to say that Biden's great for Puerto Ricans, I can invite you to call. I'm Rich Valdez sitting in for the great one. Mark Levin. You know what I hate? Overpaying for something. We're already taxed to death. Then you pile on all the other services holding us hostage to high rates. Home internet, cable, utilities. Then there's your cell phone bill. AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. They all want to charge you for data you'll never need and so-called perks you'll never use. Thank goodness for Pure Talk USA. Because Pure Talk gives you the exact same coverage, same towers, same bars, but costs you half with no contract and no excessive fees. Right now, enjoy unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. The average person is saving $400 a year on their wireless bill. Go to puretalkusa.com and our promo code Levin Podcast. When you do, you'll save $250 off any iPhone, including the brand new iPhone SE. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N Podcast. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez. You're listening to The Mark Levin Show. Our phone number is 877-381-3811. And President Trump will be Mark's guest on Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Fox News Channel. Of course, you can follow Mark at Mark Levin Show on every social media, at Mark Levin Show, Facebook, Twitter, and Parler, an excellent free speech platform, Parler. Definitely check that out. Also, you can find this show streaming live, if it's preempted anywhere, at marklevinshow.com. That's our website. And, of course, the Mark Levin Show podcast, because, yes, there are 14 million people listening right now, maybe another 6 million with the streaming and the, the satellite, but... There's also a huge, millions upon millions of people that listen to the Mark Levin Show podcast, and we're always welcoming new listeners. So you can find Mark on every major podcast app, Mark Levin Show. Now, we were talking about Puerto Rico, and that's where my parents were born. And I find it um, appropriate 
that President Trump made some comments today because this is something – and let me get, set this up and give a little background. In a little bit, I'm going to read you an op-ed that somebody wrote that I thought was stellar. I really did. I don't want to get to it now because it's two different issues. They're both related to Puerto Rico. One of them is political. The other one's economic. And what I do want to say is that in my circles, when I roll with Republicans, most of them are also Hispanics. Uh, I don't really know a ton of uh, – I'm not saying they don't exist. I'm just saying I, I know lots of Republicans. But, you know, in New Jersey, in New York, I know lots. You know, I'm the senior advisor to the one of the Republican groups here in New York, the Republican National Hispanic Assembly. So I, I tend to frequent with a lot of other uh, conservatives and Republicans that happen to be Hispanic. Now, I'm not – making myself out to be a uh, strictly Hispanic person. I'm just saying that that's the case. And using that as a barometer, as a, a poll, if you will, most of the people that I talk to there who have knowledge of Puerto Rico that have been there and maybe have family there, most of them agree that Puerto Rico should be a state. And also, they also believe that Puerto Rico was thriving economically when Pfizer was there and the other big pharma companies were there. And little by little, yes, they ended up in China. So the president did something that people have been complaining about politically forever that would truly help the island. I want you to listen to President Trump. Check this out. In 1996, Biden voted to eliminate a critical tax provision that had allowed Puerto Rico to become a dominant player in global pharmaceutical manufacturing. That's what happened. When Biden voted to repeal this provision, the pharmaceutical industry was ripped out of Puerto Rico. All incentive to stay there was taken away. And all of the jobs went to China and other places, but mostly to China. That's what happened. This was done with a vote of Biden. This was even before the Obama administration. This was, uh, this was early on, but so, uh, so sad that that was done. And then Obama came in, and it got worse. So for the people of Puerto Rico, uh, they were a disaster for you. And I have to say, in a very nice way, a very respectful way, I'm the best thing that ever happened to Puerto Rico. Nobody even close. <laughs> I love El Trumpito. He always knows how to sell it, right? Now, I really do have an appreciation for his style, for his humor, for his over-the-topness. That's just how Trump rolls. Ever been to Trump Tower? So listen, I get it. I get it. Now, there's lots of great things that have come from Puerto Rico, but I do agree. This decision right here is one of the best decisions for Puerto Rico ever. And it, this comes on the conversation of what occurred in today's press conference, the announcement of aid related to Hurricane Maria. And that was also interesting. And I believe that in the time of Trump, if I can use that term, a lot of people have become politically emboldened. So I'm going to finish that thought on the other side of the break because I think it's poignant for this time. Our phone number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I am Rich Valdez sitting in for The Great One. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. 
Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. Yes, it's true that Mark Levin is the fastest growing radio show in America. The Mark Levin Show is on at 877-381-3811. All right, America, welcome back. You're listening to The Mark Levin Show. I am Rich Valdez with an S, and I host This Is America. You could find that at WABC. Now, that's Mark's affiliate in New York City, by the way. We were talking about Trump. And his comments earlier on Puerto Rico, he was 100% spot on that the Democrats have hurt the economy in Puerto Rico while Trump has helped them, not only with his killer jump shot and the paper towels, but yes, with policy, putting his money where his mouth is, or at least the government's money where its mouth is, right? Because what we learned in looking at Hurricane Maria It was kind of like peeling the roof off of everything and looking inside, literally and figuratively, and finding out that, you know what, there are a slew of corrupt mayors. Corruption was running rampant amongst so many Democrats in Puerto Rico. So with that being said, I think in the time of Trump, which was the thought I was making before, in the Trumpian era, en el tiempo del trompito, in Spanish, quick translation, I believe that people have become politically a lot more bold, and they're willing to say, you know what? This guy's right. These people are crooks. This is not good. No bueno. So I think Trump appropriately has called out the Democrats. He's appropriately called out certain establishment Democrats in Puerto Rico. And he's, in many ways, somebody that we should thank for the uprising that you saw when they ousted Jose Yo, Governor Jose Yo. And I'm not saying that he was a bad guy, per se, for making these comments on the WhatsApp. And if you're not up to speed on that, that's fine. But the point is people became engaged. People became engaged, and that's a good thing. And it's something we hadn't seen in ages. I remember the only media that was paying attention to what was happening in Puerto Rico at the time was Telemundo because NBC owns them. And they were showing how there were no schools and the schools were shutting down because there was no money. I mean, it was a horrible situation. And he talked about a lot of things. But this aid package that the president put together for the Hurricane Maria, this is a second package, right? So the first package went through already. And this now is another $13 billion. What's interesting here is instead of saying, wow, Trump literally put together a second package that is almost equally as large only to be second to the relief packages for Hurricane Sandy and Hurricane Katrina. Yet, that's not what we hear in the media. Right now we're hearing, albeit three years late, right? Because they don't care if we're helping people in Puerto Rico. They care that it's happening three years after the fact, negating the whole fact that another $13 billion or $11 billion went that way already. So I think it's unfair, the criticism that the president's getting in the media. 
and I think it's appropriate for him to call them out. But I want you to listen to the second half of that audio we listened to. Check this out. But as a result, the island's economy under the previously mentioned names, uh, it just absolutely cratered. Biden's vote also left the United States at the mercy of foreign suppliers for essential medicines, putting our national security and our health at risk. We had a tremendous industry potentially going to Puerto Rico, and they just absolutely cut it short with bad votes and took all the incentive away, and it went to other places, faraway lands. So they really, in a sense, were voting to destroy Puerto Rico, and we're bringing Puerto Rico back. And we'll have it done fairly quickly. And the $13 billion is, uh, that's a tremendous, that's a tremendous amount of money, but it's a very important amount. And I think you're going to see something terrific. And it's very exciting to me. What the most exciting is bringing the whole pharmaceutical industry back. We've spoken to various companies and they're willing to go there. Uh, they want to have a little bit of help, but they're willing to go to Puerto Rico. And Puerto Rico is going to be very exciting what's going to happen. Now, I agree with the president, and there's so much more that, I mean, hasn't been reiterated because the media wants to be short with Trump. They want to be um, shady, if you will. But the administration put together a package, $2.7 billion in Medicaid funding, and Puerto Rico's about to lose a billion dollars because they haven't even spent it. Poor administration. That's not on the federal government. That's on the Democrats in office locally in Puerto Rico. And you got to call it out. Bad behavior is bad behavior. It doesn't matter. And that's what we're going to get to in the second topic that I wanted to talk about, about Puerto Rico becoming a state. Very different from D.C. And these political calculations, I think, are off. But even though they're in need and the, the need is really great, they're still not doing what they have to do. Now, I'm not indicting everybody in Puerto Rico. I'm indicting the handful of people that are in positions of power and aren't doing what they need to do. And that's the problem. So I think the people continue to be educated, continue to rise up and do what they have to do. And more and more candidates are speaking up and good for them. And that's what we should be doing across America. Why we don't have people turning things upside down, not literally, but figuratively, the political power structures in places like Minneapolis and Seattle saying, you know what, these police chiefs had to resign because you wouldn't let them do their jobs. we got to get rid of these mayors. But where, where is that conversation? I haven't heard it. But I promised I would get to your calls, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Let's go to Maria in Lewis, Delaware. Maria, you're on with Rich Valdez. Yes, Valdez with an S. That's me. Um, <laughs> I agree with you uh, that uh, the... The Spanish community has so much to learn. Uh, they left has convinced so many of the Hispanics, or they call it Latinos, whatever, they are convinced that they're not white. The white Hispanics are convinced they're not white. And they are telling them that the police are after them because they're not white. And they're falling for that. So they are believing, they're drinking the uh, Kool-Aid that they tell them, and uh, now, though, they're learning a lot. Here in Delaware, it's a whole lot of people that are turning from Democrat to Republican mm -hmm. because they're with Biden. This is his land, 
in a field they don't want anything to do with him. Right in his own so, backyard, right, Maria? Uh, yes, yes. Thank you so, for your call. I appreciate it. You're right. Latinos, Hispanos from everywhere across America, I think, are realizing, you know what? We don't have to put up with this. Now, we have breaking news. I don't have the breaking news music because I'm not Mark Levin. And people don't know. When you fill in for Mark Levin, you don't get all the cool perks. But breaking news, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg, has passed away. She's dead. She's not with us anymore. Uh, my, my, 87 years old. My thoughts and prayers are with her family because, you know what, I've lost parents, both of my parents. I am an orphan since 39, and I don't wish that on anybody. And politics aside, she's a human being, so God rest her soul. Um, keeping the, pra- the president in prayer for a thoughtful and mindful decision as he has to replace her, and that's all I've got on that topic. We are going to keep it moving with your calls. I don't want to keep you guys waiting too long. Mark in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. You're on with Rich Valdez on the Mark Levin Show. Hey, Rich. It's awesome to talk to you. I love it when you're on with for Mark, filling in for Mark. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Hey, real quick, you gotta when you play those clips of Elba Boso, you need to <laughs> you need to add, we need to like do like a pause after his dumb remark and go, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. That's great. And maybe we should add another one where, I got hairy legs. I learned about roaches. No, I appreciate that, Mark. What's on your mind? Oh, well, you were talking about the police earlier, and, you know, my brother's a cop, and, you know, getting to these stupid politicians who require, um, you know, who try to tell them how to do their jobs and everything else, you know, these people need to go see what these people deal with every day. I've been for a ride-along with my brother, and, you know, it's amazing to see what they deal with. Um, and You know, you get a whole different view of their job and everything they, they go through, and most people don't understand that. And it was, you know, it's one of the most, I've been doing a lot of things in my life, and it was, it's honestly one of the coolest things I've ever done. You know, I mean, it's, 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 it works for, you know. Uh, yeah, you're, and you know what, Mark, you're right. My brothers, uh, like I said, they're uh, both retired now from the job here in NYPD. My nephew's on the job. I say kudos and big up to all of the cops that are out there because, It's not an easy job, and we need the police. We have to support the police. We have to back the blue. Thank you for your call, Mark. There's a lot more coming straight ahead. Our phone number is 877-381-3811. I'm still going to get to your calls. There's a lot we've got to cover. We're going to wrap up this uh, Puerto Rico topic. I'm going to get that op-ed to you. And plus, we've got some craziness that's going on in Minneapolis. So I want to get to all of that. I'm Rich Valdez sitting in for the great Mark You know what I hate? Overpaying for something. We're already taxed to death. Then you pile on all the other services holding us hostage to high rates. Home internet, cable, utilities. Then there's your cell phone bill. AT&T, Verizon, T-Mobile. They all want to charge you for data you'll never need and so-called perks you'll never use. Thank goodness for Pure Talk USA. Because Pure Talk gives you the exact same coverage, same towers, same bars, but costs you half with no contract and no excessive fees. Right now, enjoy unlimited talk, text, and two gigs of data, all for just $20 a month. The average person is saving $400 a year on their wireless bill. Go to puretalkusa.com and enter promo code Levin Podcast. When you do, you'll save $250 off any iPhone, including the brand new iPhone SE. That's puretalkusa.com, promo code Levin Podcast. That's L-E-V-I-N podcast. 
All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin, tonight. Our telephone number is 877-381-3811. And we just heard some breaking news. Uh, Lamentably, Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg has passed away at the age of 87 years old. And I want to just ask everybody who's calling in, I don't want to take calls on her passing. I don't want to get political about this. This will obviously become... Um, not her passing, but the vacancy on the court will become part of the political fodder as we move forward. And I know that it's going to become part of the campaign. Lamentably, people are going to frame this and say, hey, Biden has to win because now Trump has an open seat. And they're going to politicize that. And that is the nature of politics. But today we will have respect for her family and we're going to refrain from any calls like that. So I thank you for that. But we still have all of the other stuff on the table. Again, that number is 877-381-3811. But I want to put a pin in this topic of Puerto Rico, but from the other side, with respect to statehood. And I'm just going to read an op-ed that I read and I was really taken by because I thought, wow, somebody inside the Beltway that actually sees things like the rest of the people that are outside the Beltway. And the headline, it's Washington Examiner by Cesar Conda. Republicans are getting it wrong on Puerto Rico again with respect to statehood. There's a growing refrain among Republicans warning against statehood for Puerto Rico and for Washington, D.C. Admission into the union guarantees more Democrats in Congress. That's the argument. Statehood for Puerto Rico, however, does not have nearly the same partisan prospects as statehood for Washington. The conflation of the two is a political miscalculation. It's true that if the capital ever became a state, unlikely in the near term, as it would require a constitutional amendment, it would result in the election of two new Democratic senators, and a corresponding number of liberal House members of Congress. However, despite the assumption of many Republicans, this would not be true for Puerto Rico. A brief study of the history of the territory reveals its makeup to be far more purple than blue. This misconception is common among some Republicans. And he cites a couple of Republicans that recently lumped Washington, D.C., and Puerto Rico together, saying that if both are granted statehood, Republicans will never be in the majority. And this is uh, Senator Jim Risch. Biden and the Democrats would be opening the door for statehood, leading to new members of Congress that would vote with the Democrats. And that's the argument that we continue to hear. Now, the article goes on. I'm just going to skip around a little bit because it's just a lot. But it's important, and it's a good point. Polling and the party affiliation of elected officials in Puerto Rico contradict this misconception and instead show evidence of Republican popularity. In 2016, while only 4.1% of Washington, D.C. voters went for President Trump, Republican Jennifer Gonzalez Colón was she won election as Puerto Rico's resident commissioner, the non-voting House member. And further polling indicates that Puerto Rican voters tend to lean more conservative on social and economic issues. I'm living proof of that. I, I'm not one of these guys that was a Democrat my whole life and walked away and did something different and exited the party, which is I'm nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying I've always been a conservative. It just happened. It always naturally gravitated for me. It made sense. 
Trump can upend the status quo by recognizing Taiwan and current international organizations, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to skip over that part. The point that he's making here is, to me, the, the linchpin here. A survey of Puerto Ricans residing in Florida found that although most of the residents were registered as Democrats, they overwhelmingly identified as conservative rather than liberal, 48 to 17 percent. These voters strongly support statehood and would report, uh, excuse me, reward Republican politicians who back that effort. The study also found 77 percent of them would support statehood if Congress offered it. There was additional surveys in 2019 and 2017 that did the same. Now, there's a lot of support for this as well, and there's also a Gallup poll that indicates, again, the same. Plus, there's a couple of referendums. So the final paragraph is really the one I want to give you. The Republican Party has made the mistake of discussing statehood for Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico in the same breath. Totally agree, because one of them is in the Constitution and the other one isn't. One was designed to always be a territory. It's literally apples and oranges. But the history, the demographics, the polling data demonstrate that Puerto Rico's ideological and electoral future will be far different from that of the nation's capital. I couldn't agree more. If admitted, there's a good chance that Puerto Rico and the resident commission and the Senate majority leader and the speaker would all be leading candidates. And we're talking about the Senate majority leader and speaker of the House in Puerto Rico being leading candidates to represent the state of Puerto Rico in the U.S. Senate as Republicans. The party that champions statehood for the territory will be rewarded at the ballot box. That bribe is an accurate one, but I don't think that's the reason to do it. I think this is one of those situations where we look at right being right for the sake of being right. Not right being right because it would be wrong to do it the other way. Meaning, we don't do things for political expediency. Sometimes you have to do what's right even if it goes against you winning politically. Because it's right. And that's just what I wanted to to put out there. I, I strongly believe that the right direction for Puerto Rico is statehood. It would help Puerto Rico, it would help the whole United States. Because to have Puerto Rico as an outlier, as close as they are, is a problem on many fronts. And with the investment that's going on and the amount of infrastructure spending that's happening, we want to have a more formal relationship, not a less formal relationship. That being said, we've got A whole lot I want to talk to you about. I wanted to go to a call, but I knew the music was going to kick in. I got the evil eye from Mr. Producer, who was staring me down, and Madame Call Screener looking at me like, what are you doing? You can't go to calls yet. So I'm not going to go to calls just yet. We have another hour to go, and I can't wait to spend it with you, because now I want to talk about all of this stuff with Antifa, everything that's going on across the country. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez, in for the great one. From the Westwood One Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this final hour of the podcast is sponsored exclusively by AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we care about, faith, family, and freedom. Thank you for listening, and please support AMAC. And you can become a member at amac.us slash join. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, 
deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. All right, welcome back, America. I am Rich Valdez sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin. Our telephone number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811 if you're a lib. Now, President Trump will be Mark's guest on Life, Liberty, and Levin this Sunday, 8 o'clock Eastern Time on the Fox News Channel. Make sure you check that out. Follow Mark. Download his podcast while you're there. Download mine, too. Check him out at marklevinshow.com. And, of course, uh, at Mark Levin Show on Facebook, Twitter, and Parler. Now, I want to talk about um, something that occurred with me with, with, uh, in my personal life that ties into a story from about a week ago. And my kid once told me that I was a radical in the true definition of the word from the dictionary. And that I, and I, to, you know, I said to her, listen, I wear my radical patriotism proudly. And if the left ever wants to use that against me to criticize me, then I'd say that I'm the calmest radical they've ever met. In fact, a critique that I often get is that I'm too nice, not angry enough, and that I have too much of an independent streak. You know, people ask me sometimes, how is it that you could work for a guy like Chris Christie? And I, I served in the Christie administration for a couple of years, and I, I thought he was a great governor in New Jersey. Now... People who aren't in New Jersey, they don't always see that. But my question to them would be, what did you do to amend the New Jersey state constitution so that radical Democrats can't raise taxes more than 2% in a given year? What is it that you did to reform the pension system? What is it that you did to go after the teachers' unions and reform teacher tenure practices, extending it from three years, five years, etc.? What did you do to cut bloated social welfare programs? So while it's not a utopia in New Jersey, there were lots of achievements. And when you get a Republican governor elected twice in one of the bluest states on the planet, I think it's something that you can cheer on. So my question is that, you know, what is it that people do? You know, and to put on my essential Andy Cuomo voice, what did you do? And, of course, Essential Andy Cuomo is the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, who I call Essential Andy Cuomo because he decides who's essential and who isn't. And he had a daily press briefing that I nicknamed the Essential Andy Cuomo Podcast. And he would come out and talk about things and just say stuff and treat you like you learned to read this morning. So I'm not a huge fan. But what is it that you do, right? That's the question. So I rest my case with that stuff. But the swamp is nothing new to me. I cut my teeth in the swamp in New Jersey so I can sniff out a a swamp monster, a swamp creature a mile away. They make their living on the public dime. And now that's not an indictment on all public servants. Of course not. But if the shoe fits, you can go ahead and wear it. Pero the person I want to talk about and who I'm really setting this up for is a person named Krista Narayan. About a week ago, she's a state employee. She works for the Speaker of the House in Oregon. And she was arrested at an an overnight uh, riot. Now, what's interesting is that on this program, the great one Mark Levin has oftentimes pointed out, who is it 
that can do this rioting? Who is it that doesn't have to work in the morning? <laughs> what is it that you do that you're able to walk around the streets and pillage and loot and do these things? And it makes me think, you're right. I think he raises a good point. And there are certain people that right now are on the public dole, making their entire salary, and never setting foot in their classroom or whatever other public work they have to do as a government worker. So it doesn't come as a surprise that when they're arresting rioters, and in this case, they arrest this woman for disturbing the peace, whatever it was that she was charged with, that she was, in fact, a high-ranking director of legislative services for the Speaker of the House in Oregon. Literally, during the day, they're doing what they can to damage society through legislation, and at night, they're out there tearing the place down. Now, of course, they're going to argue and say, oh, that's unfair. She was just exercising her First Amendment rights. And, of course, everybody listening to this show, I know that you guys put on all black and go out every night and exercise your First Amendment rights too, right? Well, maybe not so much. But there's a story in the New York Post uh, broke last night, and it's an unfortunate story. It's about a 17-year-old kid that was shot and killed. And it happened in Minneapolis. Minneapolis has been turned upside down. And this is something that is very unfortunate. But what I see as a glimmer of hope coming out of this tragedy is the response of one of the school principals. And there was a bunch of school principals that were gathered in Minneapolis. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to ruin this person's name. But I'm going to give it a shot. I believe her name is Maury Melander Freiselben. Or... Maori Melander Frieselman. Either way, she is the principal of North Community High School in Minneapolis. And somebody sent me an Instagram video that I watched. And at first I was like, you know what, a little bit boring. But then she got very personal, very emotional. And I thought to myself, this is what it's all about. So I want you to listen to uh, the principal, Frieselman, Frieselben, cut four. We have an opportunity in Minneapolis to try something different, to do something new. And that's to say that we are not going to be held hostage by the voices of a few. You overhear law enforcement in our city right now and they feel like, well, well, the city council doesn't want us or, or well, you know, the people don't want us. Which people? Who? Which people is it? Show me where they're at. Okay, so are you talking about the few, some of them that don't even live here? Are you talking about the people that, that, that don't have to worry about their children coming to a store like this, that live in a different part of the city? Is that who you're talking about? Because the people who I'm around need and want good law enforcement. The people who are in my community need and want good law enforcement and, 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 and have the maturity to be able to say that we need good law enforcement to need and want us. So how is that, right, for somebody that's in the middle? I can almost guarantee you, just based on my own um, prejudgment, that a school principal in Minneapolis is likely a Democrat. Hey, call me prejudicial if you will. But that's truly what I believe. Because most Democrats have control over teachers' unions. They work hand in glove. And for her to say that, that they want good law enforcement is an appeal to the side that says all law enforcement's bad. But she's saying, no, that's not the case because they're killing our kids. And thank God for people like her that can truly put their political differences aside and say, you know what, it's not okay to kill kids. It's not okay for 17-year-olds to get shot. It's not. 
It's just not okay. And she did something about it and rallied up her troops and got other principals involved. And I think it's terrific because putting my political analyst hat on, now I look at that and I say, wow, this is a person that still may end up voting for Biden, but has been so personally impacted, she may stay home. She may never pull the trigger for Trump. I mean, at Trump, maybe, but, but for the president, probably not. But she's not impressed with Biden. She's not impressed with Biden's lack of of going after those that are causing the violence, causing the damage. I'm going to let her continue. Check this out. What I'm seeing in my community is that there's not even patrolling anymore. I I can see outright laws getting broken, traffic laws, people driving right through red lights, speeding, going 60, 70 miles an hour. Uh, uh, We got kids on skateboards that are getting hit by cars and nothing, no, what is law enforcement? It's enforcing the law. There is no law enforcement. There is a reaction, but there is no enforcement. And so we here, we can't take it anymore. So it makes sense to me now that 68% of the people in that Rasmussen poll said, yeah, we think that we should have laws that protect police. Of course it makes sense. We've had several months on end of people shouting, defund the, and I know I'm preaching to the choir right now, and you are normal, right? You are thoughtful people that are reasonable. And you're thinking, yeah, of course we need police. Who lives in a world without police? But this is what happens in a place like Minneapolis, where they've emasculated the police, defunded the police. They've done it in so many big cities. It's a trend. A buddy of mine called me and he said, you know, what the heck is a Marxist? And I said, you know, I told him, these adherents of Karl Marx's philosophy, you know, closet commies. And he tells me, this stuff is out of control. He's like, how do you live in a society that doesn't have police? Now, this is a guy, again, I didn't grow up in a terrible neighborhood, but I had a a bunch of friends that because of poverty, because of an unstable home, because of many things, made the wrong choice in life and went the wrong way and did things, were drug dealers and lived in the streets for a while and lived that street life. And this guy's one of them. Turned his life around. He's great. He's a good dad now. But my point is, this is a guy that knows what it's like to stand on a corner and sell crack. And he's telling me, what is a life without cops? How do we have a society without cops? Because he's not a teenager anymore on the corner. Now he's a grown man in his 40s and he's got kids. So when you look at a situation like that and you think, man, there's another one that's, he's definitely pulling the trigger for Trump. Tells me about it all the time. So when you have a principle like this, it really, to me, it gives me pause and it gives me hope that I think, you know what, there are people that are going to say, like she said, that a majority, excuse me, the minority of a few voices, she's, in my opinion, she was referring to the BLM Antifa people. And I'm lumping them all together because, in my opinion, they're in many ways one and the same. And that, to me, is an issue. So I want to get your thoughts on that. Our phone number is 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. I am Rich Valdez sitting in for the great. Mark Lovin. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest growing organizations in America. Now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. 
AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. All right, America, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez. That's Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. You can check me out there. I am the host of This Is America on WABC Radio in New York City. And I'm sitting in for the great one tonight. Our telephone number is 877 877-381-381-381-3811. 68% of voters are concerned that deadly attacks on the police will lead to a shortage of police officers and reduce public safety where they live. 44% of which are very concerned. So that's what we have going on. We have this group that I once told my kids, oh, Antifa, come on. They're bogus, fake, phony, fraud, baloney. Why? Because they were a bunch of skater kids in Portland, Oregon that got together on the weekends to fight with Patriot Prayer guys. And this is, I'm talking 2014. Now, these people are throwing bricks. They're killing people. People are dead now. These guys are organized. They know how to fight. They have training. This isn't the same Antifa that I once said was a fake phony fraud. They're the real thing. And I want you to hear that from FBI Director Christopher Ray. Check this out. Is Antifa a total fantasy or is it real? Uh, so Antifa is a real thing. Um, it's not a group or an organization. It's a, it's a movement or an, uh, an ideology, maybe one way of thinking of it. And we have uh, quite a number, and I've said this consistently since my first time appearing before this committee, um, we have any number of properly predicated investigations into what we would describe as violent anarchist extremists, and some of those individuals self-identify with, uh, with Antifa. So there you have that. Now, this is the part where I think it, it's clear to me, but again, I live in this bubble. I'm one of the producers on The Mark Levin Show, a.k.a. Mr. Call Screener. I eat this stuff all day. All day long I get this stuff. But the rest of America, the middle, Madame Call Screener, Jenny from the Block, I don't think she gets this all day. So what I'm thinking is, is it clear to everyone in America that Antifa is a crazy terrorist organization that's tearing down America or no? But let me know. 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Let's go to June in Gardenia, California. June, you're on with Rich Valdez. All right. Um, this is a, a bit of ironic uh, story and true story. Yeah. It happened in June in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. An LAPD, African-American LAPD friend of mine called and told me about it. A group of white uh, Black Lives Matter protesters were carrying signs protesting outside of a Gardena casino. When a car of three African-American guys pulled up, get out of the car, and robbed them all of... All right. 
Much appreciated. That was the best call of the night. Let's give it up for our buddy in Gardenia, California. Best caller of the night. Let's keep it moving. Let's go to Barry in, oh, Danella, Florida. What's going on, Barry? All right, Barry, nothing but love for you. Let's swing it on north to Canada, Toronto, Canada. Our guy, Fausto, what's on your mind? Um, I don't even know where to start. You got a lot of these, um, I saw in a couple of posts on Queen Street, there's a lot of these um, Marxist groups encouraging us to go online and learn how to be Marxist. And they have courses every week. Secondly, they're encouraging people to, to uh, not pay their rent for the past five months, and then when the law changed and said, um, you got to pay your rent, they're like, oh, we'll defend you, and then they're like, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. They're basically pushing people into mud, and then when people get dirty, they have nowhere to run to except for the same people who encourage them to jump off the cliff and into the mud. You understand the setup? No, I get it. It's a vicious cycle, and it's kind of like what I, I think what we saw with the principal earlier, where she is probably someone that was very sympathetic to this movement, but now realizes that this movement ne- never really meant what it purported to mean. And instead, they're turning the city upside down, and there's teenagers dying, students from her, her, from her school murdered. So this is the problem, I think, that America faces, and we're definitely going to get into that a little bit more in the next segment because the FBI director, Christopher Ray had a little bit more to say. But I do want to hear from you guys a little bit more. So... Let's go to Manuel in Sacramento, California. Manuel, what's on your mind? All right. Well, we love Manuel. Let's go to Joel in Manhattan. Oh, who is it, Manuel or Joel? Manuel? Manuel. How are you, sir? What's on your mind? Hey, Rich. Great to hear you, fellow Boricua here. Thank you, brother. What's going on? Well, I got to say, first of all, uh, with all full disclaimer, I was just diagnosed with the coronavirus. Um, Sorry to hear it. I wish you well. Okay. Yeah, thanks, but I'm feeling just fine, same as my wife and everybody else. But here's, here's why I bring it up, because um, keep in mind that the judges have been the ones that have said, oh, no, 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 you got to stay home, you got to, you, you, you yeah. know, give Gavin Newsom and all these guys all this power, right? I, I hate to cut you off, but the music means we got to get out. Uh, we appreciate it, and I think I understand your point. The judges are running amok, and we have a chance to change that. I'm Rich Valdez, in for the great one. Keep it locked right there. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, disasters like Medicare for All, and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead, A-M-A-C dot U-S. You can call us now at 877-381-3811. And the liberal contact number is 877-381-3811. 
All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez right here, 17 floors above Madison Square Garden in New York City, sitting in for the great one, Mark Levin, who's off for Rosh Hashanah. So mazel tov to the great one and his family. Now, I'm going to get to your calls, 877-381-3811. But I want to talk about what the Democrats expect, because in my opinion, the Democrats expect us to be uninformed, undereducated, non-free-thinking sheep, if you will. And that's what they want. They thrive on that. The problem is, all they can do is blame people. It's the blame game. I remember years ago, let's take it back to like 04, the Bush re-election. And people blamed him for absolutely everything. At one point, I remember joking around with people saying, oh, it's raining today? <laughs> blame Bush. And the Dems haven't changed a single spot. They do the same exact thing. Now, blame Trump. You blame Trump for absolutely everything. Never mind that he shut down travel to protect the country from coronavirus. Never mind that he ramped up production of PPE. Never mind that he filled in so many of the gaps and voids that were left by Democrats who did nothing. Yet he's the bad guy. So here in New York, as you guys know, we have essential Andy Cuomo. And there's so many things I could criticize Governor Cuomo for, but... Right now, I want to criticize him for a response that he recently gave in a press conference. I want you to listen to Governor Cuomo. Check this out. Donald Trump caused the COVID outbreak in New York. Donald Trump caused the COVID outbreak in New York. That is a fact. It's a fact that he admitted and the CDC admitted and Fauci admitted The China virus, the China virus, the China virus. It was not the China virus. It was the European virus that came to New York. They missed it. They missed it. The China virus went to Europe. It got on a plane. It went to Europe. I think we shouldn't be blaming the Europeans. I think he's trying to put the blame on the Italians. But the reality is is that he is... The virus, right? Governor Cuomo is the virus in New York. He's the virus that plagued all of us. To sit here and make it so blatant. Uh, Donald Trump, Donald, blame Donald Trump, Donald. Come on. Really? How stupid does he think people are? Very. This is what I'm telling you, that the Democrats expect us to be... I don't want to say words that are going to get me in trouble. They expect us to be uninformed. And that is the issue. When they're looking at going after people for something that they totally did. He says, it's a fact. Get fact me fact. It's not a fact. It's not a fact. But we've got him. And then we've got El Baboso. Vice President Baboso to you, Joe Biden, saying the same thing. Listen to this. All Americans should... You'd like to see all Americans wearing masks yes. and that you would push governors to incitate uh, mandates for, for mask wearing. Back in the pandemic in 1918, in some states, in some towns, they had actually outdoor courts to find people who weren't wearing masks. Is that something you would like to see happen in states? I would like to see the governors enforce mask wearing, period. I can do that on federal property. As president, I will do that. 
On federal land, I'd have the authority. If you're on federal land, you must wear a mask. In a federal building, you must wear a mask. And we could have a fine for them not doing it. Look, this is about saving people's lives. There's no question that it saves people's lives. To those who say it's individual liberty not to wear a mask. Well, let me tell you something. You know, I, what Bill Barr recently said is outrageous. That is like slavery. We're taking away freedom. I would tell you what takes away your freedom. What takes away your freedom is not being able to see your kid, not being able to go to the football game or baseball game, not being able to see your mom or dad sick in the hospital, not being able to do the things. That's what costs our freedom. And it's been the failure of this president to deal, to deal with this virus. And he knew about it. He knew the detail of it. And there we have it. For the first time, I've heard Joe Biden be not only articulate, but genuinely passionate. And you know why? Because Joe Biden, in his feeble state, is exactly the person that coronavirus goes after. He's deathly afraid of this virus, and he wants Donald Trump to protect him. Trump has done so much for America, but Biden wants him to do more because Biden is deathly afraid. I get it now. I truly get it. Now, the issue here is it's the blame game. And I want to go to your calls, 877-381-3811. Let's go to Jose, line one, Gainesville, Virginia. Hello. What's up, my brother? How are you? I'm really mad at uh, President Trump because he's not protecting the people. And he's supposed to do that. Well, what would you expect him to do? Whatever is necessary. What has he done that is necessary that he hasn't done? Uh, stop the uh, all the looting. Stop the criminals. Oh. Stop FIFA. <laughs> stop Biden's buddies. Gotcha. Well, I think the president is is respecting the federalism that our country is built upon, and allowing these governors and mayors the autonomy that they deserve, so that he won't be labeled a tyrant. He won't be labeled a dictator, and. It seems that you want him to supersede their authority and take control. No, no, no. I don't want that. I want to do, uh, I want him to do whatever is ne- legally necessary to, to stop this. I think the people, we are really tired of this, and this is happening because you and very, very other people are whining and whining and whining. Yes. Well, I think you're 100% right. This is happening because of me, right? Because I'm in Kenosha. B- destroying buildings. I'm in Seattle and others like me. I don't know if that's a a comment because I'm an American of Puerto Rican heritage or not, but whatever the case is, this is the clear hysteria that people are going through. This man expects President Trump to be God when he's handcuffed by the left, when they're the ones committing the violence and blaming him. This is a classic textbook example. Thank you, Jose, for giving us a call. John in Louisville, Kentucky, you're on with Rich Valdez. What's on your mind? I work in southern Indiana with a large number of Hillary supporters, and they're all going to vote for Trump. They're tired of Biden and the violence. They're tired of defunding the police, even though his verbiage is different. And they're sick and tired of the fact that all he talks about is the coronavirus, because in a year it's going to be gone, and we're going to have the same president for three years after that. Yeah, I think I think we are going to have that president again, and I appreciate that, John. If we get the reelection that you know we we all want to have, I think President Trump will his hand will be forced to put down these violent insurrections as the great one has coined them. 
And I think that's appropriate. And quite frankly, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of Americans that would want him to do it now. But I understand the balance that you have to strike where you can't be a tyrant and you don't want to supersede people's authority. And you have to allow people to do their jobs as mayors and governors. And it's up to them to do their job or not. Now, I agree. If the federal government uh, needs to step in and they have the authority, and I know they do, then they should and they can. But it, it's it's a difficult one. And it's one that I think if it weren't so close to the election, I think it would have happened already. But I think Trump has been backed into a corner. And it's it's unfortunate. And it's unfortunate that Democrats know that and they do it on purpose. But I appreciate your call. Tina in Omaha, Nebraska, you're on with Rich Valdez on The Mark Levin Show. I wanted to call first to congratulate you on the excellent job you do every time you get to talk to us when the great one is gone. And I certainly hope we see you proceed to your own show. I would um, Thank even you very suggest much. you look towards some of the Spanish-speaking channels, if your vocabulary permits it. Thank you. That um, you might counteract some of the vile that's constantly being spewed by Univision. Oh, yeah. There's definitely a void of conservative media, Spanish-language conservative media. I agree with you. Now and every now and then you see one or two brave souls that they um, allow that does speak back. But um, they're they're great perpetrators of the perpetual lack of knowledge. No, you're right. I I appreciate that. Uh, I think we're getting a little off track, but Tina, we thank you for your thoughts. Let's go to Jack in Binghamton, New York. Jack, you're on with Rich Valdez on The Mark Levin Show. Hi, I'm a new listener. I'm really enjoying your program. Thank you. I wanted to point out when our our, uh, ridiculous governor says that this is a European virus, uh, that's like saying (laughs) my phone came from the Crossgates Mall in Albany. Yeah, that's where I uh, picked it up, but it was built in China, and it uh, came through the mall. So for him to say this is a European virus uh, is a little ridiculous. We all know where this virus originated, how it got here, how many stops it made isn't the issue. Um, The the, the other thing is, I I remember clearly as day, uh, New York City's mayor and health commissioner and uh, Councilman Liu telling people to ignore the president, that he was a xenophobe, and a, a, a racist for telling people to, for stopping flights, and then telling New Yorkers to come to the uh, Chinese Asian New Year parade. Mm-hmm. And uh, I understood the mayor, I understood the councilman, but when a doctor who's in charge of public health politicizes this and told citizens to uh, to come to this event, uh, she, she she should be held accountable. I know she I know she ultimately was fired. The other issue I wanted to raise was. Just like Jerry Nadler tried to say these riots are, uh, are, are, are peaceful and it's only white supremacists infiltrating and starting trouble. Right, or non-existent. Yeah, well, it seems like anything that Dems are being called on, they're now flipping the switch and, and trying to blame uh, the uh, Republicans for, almost as if they, say, if they say it enough, people will believe it. You're 100% right, and that's the, the repetition of the big lie. John, thank you for your call. We appreciate it. I am Rich Valdez, sitting in for the great one. We'll, we'll be right back. AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, is one of the fastest-growing organizations in America, now over 2 million conservative members strong, and I'm one of them. AMAC believes in and stands up for the values that we constitutional conservatives care about. More than talk, AMAC fights. A full-time presence in Washington, AMAC pushes back against reckless spending, 
disasters like Medicare for All and the expanding reach of the federal government. And beyond advocacy, joining AMAC gives you access to a wealth of benefits and discounts, including special member-only rates on car insurance, travel discounts, cell phone plans, and a hell of a lot more. And if that's not enough, you'll get AMAC's bi-monthly magazine full of insightful articles on issues that matter to most of us, we conservatives. As I said, I'm an AMAC member, and you should be too. Join today at amac.us. That's A-M-A-C dot U-S. Stop supporting the liberal agenda that the other 50-plus organization has been pushing for. Join AMAC instead. A-M-A-C dot U-S. All right, America, welcome back. This is the Mark Levin Show. I am Rich Valdez with an S, Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And speaking of social media, you can also find the great one, Mark Levin, all over social media. You can get him at Mark Levin Show on Facebook, on Twitter, and on Parler. Now, a lot of people aren't able to listen to all three hours, the fastest three hours in conservative talk radio. They're not able to get them all live because of different things, schedules, things they're doing. That's why there's the Mark Levin Show podcast. It's terrific. And it's, for the most part, somewhat commercial free, <laughs> limited commercials. We love commercials, but it's condensed. So I recommend if you are not able to listen live that you definitely check out the Mark Levin podcast. How do you do that? Well, you need the internet. You need a cell phone. You need these things. You go to the Google podcast page or to Apple Podcasts. These are apps. They're in your smartphone. You can do it, or you can just tell your smart speaker or whatever to play the Mark Levin Show podcast. It'll do that, too. Now, and you can get mine there, too. I'm getting a flag down. I I always forget to self-promote Rich Valdez. It's called This is America with Rich Valdez. It's available at WCABC Radio, and you can get it again on any podcast platform. So I would encourage you to do that as well. Now, we were taking calls. We had to stop abruptly because we love our sponsors. And we're going to get back to your calls. I want to get to your calls. I want to play a crazy clip from Trevor Noah before we end. But there's a few things I want to do. So let's go back to the calls. Heather in Lake Havasu, Arizona, what's on your mind? Well, I had a question for you and wanted to get your thoughts. Sure. My my thing is, is that I am noticing a lot of Democrats that can't stand behind Biden. And I'm seeing them switch over to the Republican Party. I'm noticing that mayors of their cities are switching over because of, you know, their cities aren't protected. And so my question to you or your uh, for your thoughts are, do you feel that so many Democrats switching over to the Republican Party will make it more liberal in the end? Yeah. So the first thing I would say is I think they're already liberal, which is probably why they're Democrats and they don't like the way the liberals are playing politics with our safety. So. This leads me to believe that they're probably becoming more conservative, more focused on law and order, and this is why they're making the shift. Otherwise, they would go further to the left and join the all-out crazy, all-out commie AOC side and say, you know what, let's burn everything down and, and you know start it all over again in the name of inequality and green justice. So I think – That's part A. Part B is I don't care if the Republican Party becomes more liberal because it gives them an opportunity to become more conservative, to commingle with people that are like me that have a more conservative uh, perspective on things. And I've worked with uh, conservative Republicans and liberal Republicans, and I don't say I love their politics, but you have to work with them. And this is the case so often that we face in Washington. Now, 
theoretically, ideologically, in a perfect world, in a talk radio world, hey, everybody should be a conservative. But from a governance perspective, when you're in the swamp, you need allies. And oftentimes they're going to be it. And I don't know that you can eradicate the liberal wing of your party because then you just push them back over to the other side or get rid of them completely. Now, that being said, I think we've seen this shift since 2010 with the Tea Party and we've seen conservatives really um, growing in popularity, growing in strength, growing in influence. And I think that's terrific. And I hope they continue to grow and continue to influence others and bring them on and caucus with others that'll say, you know what, I can get with you on that idea. And I think we're seeing that. And I think Trump is totally leading the charge on that. And in effect, maybe even creating a new, a new brand of patriotic party where, you know, there's, there's populists involved, there's liberal Republicans involved, and there's conservative Republicans involved. And to me, that's what the Republican Party has always been. It's always been a big tent I'm on the conservative side of the tent, but that's overall what I believe in, uh, in a nutshell. So I want to go to John in Tallahassee. John, you're on with Rich Valdez. Hey, Rich, how you doing? Great, brother. What's on your mind? Yeah, I'm just, I'm a retired law enforcement, and all this attack on law enforcement, you know, really, really has me bothered because we're on the front line. We are easy targets. And I mean, the easiest person to target and basically hurt is law enforcement because we're on the front lines. We respond to calls. You give a wrong call to draw us in, and we're a target. Yeah, it, it, you can get ambushed, and uh, you're right. We, we've seen it in the past, and it's a terrible thing to see. Uh, I've seen it, of course, uh, through many different ways, and it's never something that I want to see is somebody that's in law enforcement get hurt or anybody. But you're right. When you put on the badge, you have a target on you, and that's a difficult thing to do. So, John, we thank you and every cop across America for the service that you've provided. And to Christina and Chris and Brian and Joel, uh, I'm not going to be able to get to all of your calls. I wish we could because we have a minute left. But I will say that we have to support the police. We have to make sure that we focus on our national security. We have to make sure that we win this election for America, not for political purposes, but to restore and maintain the soul and the fabric of our country. And I always tell people, if you stand for nothing, you fall for anything. So make sure you do something, because the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for you to do nothing. I'm Rich Valdez. You're listening to The Mark Levin Show. God bless you. From the Westwood One Podcast Network.